Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, listeners. This week's episode is brought to you by support from Sofin. Based out of Texas, Sofin brings stunning pieces of jewelry to over 20,000 customers and growing for both men and women. Check them out at Sofin.express and Instagram. Today, they wish to give our listeners a deal. By using the code COZYCRYPTIDPOD, you'll save 30% off any item at SOFIN. Once again, use the code word COZYCRYPTIDPOD at checkout at SOFIN Express. That's S-O-P-H-I-N dot E-X-P-R-E-S-S to save 30% off any item at checkout at SOFIN. to Cozy Cryptid. Oh, God. I was talking to my voice right now, but okay. I'm your host, Tanner, and this week on Cozy Cryptid, we are in Durango, Mexico. Let's go with a few stories for us this week. Not much on cryptids, apparently, but there are some unusual circumstances and really interesting legends there. The first of which happens to be about a witch, the Witch of Durango. Around the year 1600, in Spanish colonial times, a witch with an exceptionally beautiful and elegant appearance lived in the city of Durango proper. She maintained a fierce and dark look about her, and above all, it was noted that despite her beauty, she was a woman very resentful of life. Her anger and resentment were based in part because nobody believed in the powers that she claimed to have. This witch, who was annoyed and fed up with such a situation, decided to demonstrate her powers by convincing men who were older than she that she had very strong and indestructible supernatural abilities and that she would help them defeat their enemies. To prove herself, this witch began to order the cruelest misdeeds of the region. She brought the most harm to those who had not wanted to obey her orders, especially women jealous of her beauty and men who did not fall for her charms. The witch enjoyed her power and fame for a long time. Her neighbors in the La 
Sinaga neighborhood did whatever she ordered them to do. But there came a time when it, people became fed up with the witch and moved against her. They finally managed to get the authorities to arrest the evil woman with hopes that the office of the Holy Inquisition would find her guilty of witchcraft and sentence her to death. The highest church and civil authorities did not know what to do with this woman since she laughed at everyone saying that she was a very powerful witch and nothing and no one could do anything to her. She claimed that she had a very powerful ally that was the devil himself. The authorities decided to poison her, but the poison they gave the witch did nothing to her, and she kept laughing at them, repeating over and over that she was the most powerful, more powerful than any of them. As they saw that the poison did nothing, they gave her ground glass, which they force-fed her, but the same thing happened. The glass did nothing to her, and the wicked witch laughed at them. The civil authorities together with a priest, decided to hang her, and at the same time, burn her. While ablaze, the witch laughed and cast curses on all who were present. The priest threw holy water on her, getting her to stop laughing. In the end, the burning work, and the witch was executed. For many decades after execution, citizens of Durango claimed that they saw the witch fly over the city at night, yelling curses and laughing at those below. Bad things would happen in the wake of these sightings. According to popular belief, the more people who about this witch, the more people who talk about this witch, the more often she appears. So people in Durango to this day are reluctant to tell the tale. Ooh, it was creepy. Even Luga. It was. I'll be right back. With. So what do you think about that witch story? It's pretty crazy. Seems like a tough gal. Reminds me of Joker a lot with the, all the laughing and everything. But um, I'll be right back. Listening. Here's a sponsor or ad for some brands for a brand. Yeah. Check them out. I'll support a podcast. Be right back. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm here to tell you about Fruit Impact. Fruit Impact is a fashion brand bringing these cool, like, clothes, like hats and jackets and T-shirts and stuff for guys, stuff for girls. They sell all over the world and they have a bunch of cool shoes and everything. You can get some cool threads, some cool kicks at BruteImpact.com. Save uh, some money. 25% off your order with code word 25 underscore Tanner at BruteImpact.com. There you save 25% off your order with 25 underscore Tanner at BruteImpact.com.
What am I reading? Uh, guess from beyond. Welcome back, everybody. Next story to meet with uh, co-host Amanda. Hey, guys. All right. So this story is the guest from beyond. During the end of the 1800s in the city of Durango, in what used to be called Kel, uh, Kelly del Pendemente. Pendemente? Yeah, I don't freaking know. Anyway, there was this house of Victorian Herrera, a beautiful young woman who was the daughter of a wealthy merchant. She wore an engagement ring on her right hand, a precious piece of jewelry studded with many diamonds that would soon bring her closer to the altar. In an unforgivable, uh, unforgettable ceremony, she would marry a young man named Roman Lodi Campo, a gentleman from the Durango family who claimed descent from Don Jose del Campo. Sobreroni? Loreira? The first count of Sichuol. Sorry, we're butchering these names. The news of Veronica's wedding with Don Romance shook Durango society. People began thinking about what they would wear to the event and what gifts they would give to the newlyweds. The mother of the bride took great care in making lists of dishes that would satisfy the palates of different tastes in order to offer a variety of food at the banquet, showing refinement in good eating. A large group of volunteer ladies, relatives, and friends of the bride undertook exhausting days to make white crepe paper flowers with, um, with which large garlands would be formed to dress the interior of the cathedral in white where their wedding would take place. Oh my God. That sounds like so much work. Yeah, we have our own wedding to plan. Don't remind me. Yeah, we're going to have lots of fun. And you're helping. Anyway, back to the story at hand. No, no wedding talk. <laughs> the bride's house was a very... The bride's house was a large mansion with archers and corridors, three courtyards, and more than 20 rooms, spaces that all <laughs> should have proper decorations for the great reception to follow the ceremony. Don Ramon's family, for their part... Spared no money to satisfy the demands and whims of the young bride. The wedding was going to be the event of the century. The wedding had been set for November 5th of that year. Three days before Veronica, in the company of her family and a large group of events, visited the local cemetery. The Pantheon de Orenta for a traditional Day of the Dead observations. She sought that... She saw this all as just an obligation. The girl was not distracted by religious services, traditional festivals, or talks with family or friends. For her, her obsession was the wedding, specifically the ceremony and the details of her marriage. No other dot occupied her mind. During that day, um, day's visit to the cemetery, Veronica stumbled upon a skull laying on the ground on the side of the tomb from which it had been taken, perhaps one another deceased person was buried there when the girl looked at the skull she kicked it with the tip of her foot and said you should have come to my wedding consider this a formal invitation she then let out a hearty laugh that di disrespectful attitude of Veronica towards those human remains was considered by those who witnessed it as a joke and nothing more 
Everyone forgot what happened, and the wedding preparation continued. The 5th of November arrived quickly, and the whole city of Durango became excited. The, the bride put on her bridal attire early in the morning. A court of attendants and ladies-in-waiting corrected the details of her presentation so that she looked splendid and beautiful, like a queen dressed in white, radiating happiness and joy. Guests filled the cathedral in anticipation of this grand wedding. In the first row near the brides and groom, a thin and pale gentleman, uh, what's the word? Pro, pro, yeah, I can't pro, speak today. Frustrated himself. Frustrated himself wearing a black suit and his clothes. His face and hair showed signs of abundant white powder. His presence aroused curiosity, fear, and respect at the same time in all who saw him. He remained kneeling throughout the ceremony, and when he, the crowd left, the cathedral, the stater joined the prior procession and congratulated the couple. At the bride's house, where the festivities continued, the strange and unknown man appeared among the guests, and no one knew who, how he arrived. The music began to play the waltz for the bride and groom, and the echo of the notes rolled through the corridors of the mansion. The father of the bride with her and the mother of the groom with him began the dance. While the bride and groom continued in the customary ritual, Later, when Veronica's friends and family danced with her, passing her from hand to hand, the mysterious stranger took Veronica by the hand and began to dance with her. Yes, do you know me? I'm your special guest. The girl made an enormous effort to remember the stranger. After vain and prolonged effort, she continued, No, I'm sorry, I do not know who you are. I'm the person who, three days ago, you invited to your wedding in the cemetery on the Pond de Orante, he said. Veronica's face paled and the amazement of the crowd. The man instantly transformed himself from his nicely clothed human form and into a lean and upright human skeleton. The girl fell dead, struck down by the... Thank, thank you. I had to take a breath. And the guest from beyond the grave disappeared on the spot, as mysterious as he arrived. Over a hundred years later and into the present day, still from time to time in the large house that is located on Gret Street, a woman dressed as a bride is seen walking. The locals claim it to be the tormented soul of Veronica Herrera, who just wants to finish experiencing her perfect day. Hey. Wow, that's crazy. Yep. What would you do if that happened? Oh, freak the fuck out that I didn't die of a heart attack. Come here. Come here. Alright. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with more one last story. We're on Cozy Cryptid. It's probably where you can where you can find Cozy Cryptid at. CozyCryptid.com. Yeah, CozyCryptid.com. Check out the merch. Got the merch. Listen everywhere for free. It's completely free to listen to this damn podcast. You can just okay. You don't have to actually listen to it. You just literally let it play. Just support any support will do. Tell a friend about about it. Okay, things aren't free in this world, people. I need to understand. Hey. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I just wanted to tell you about Snazzer. 
started by five college kids in January 2021. They tended to start a small e-commerce store to finance their noble cause to help out a few nonprofit organizations called One Tree Planet, Go For You, Helps Fights Deforestation, Tries to Save Nature, and Its Wildlife. Playing one tree for each product sold all over the world with the help of different organizations. With international shipping, 24-7 support, I promise that every product sold equals one tree planet. Snazzer is giving Cozy Cryptid listeners a deal by going to the link in the description and using the code COZYCAPS at checkout. You'll save 35% off today at snazzerx.com. One more time, if you were not paying attention, save 35% off with code word COZYCAPS at S-N-A-Z-Z-E-R-X.com. Snazzer. Aspire to inspire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Alrighty, everybody. We're back. I'm your host, Better than ever. We enjoyed. Check out those, those people. That we talked about, whoever decided to put there at that spot, I'm not sure. Check out our sponsors. We really appreciate all the support you guys give us. Yeah, support the sports podcast by supporting them, and just support your local businesses and your local podcasters. Yeah. All right, so time for the last story of this episode. It's the zone of silence, Mexico's Bermuda Triangle. In April of 2013. A curious diary began appearing on various internet sites discussing the paranormal. The diary was written by Hector Alvarez, a park ranger at the Mafi Biosphere Reserve, a UNESCO designated area found near the intersection of three northern states, Durango, Chihuahua, and Coila. Located in the Coyum Desert, the biosphere and Encompasses over 13 square miles of rugged terrain and contains the inhabitant of many different types of animals, ranging from the puma and the mule deer to the desert tortoise and to the sandhill crane. The later, the latter bird species called mapapine home because of the large salt lake found within the biosphere preservation. Additionally, there exists over 400 different types of plant species. Quit scratching. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm a G. Quit scratching. <laughs> Stop it. I swear. Goddamn. <laughs> Additionally, there exists over 400 different types of plant species within the confines of the park. The diary of Hector Alvarez did not detail anything about the stark but beautiful natural landscape of the author's workplace. However, it was written to presumably document what the ranger was experiencing while working 
the graveyard shift at the reserve. According to the diary, Alvarez reported to his superiors what he had been experiencing, and they paid no attention to his reports, so he decided to document things in his own handwritten accounts. The diary is full of strange encounters and unexplained occurrences. Alvarez wrote mostly of the unexplained lights he saw in the desert sky, while the park ranger saw his share of glowing orbs. He wrote most details about the flying colorful triangles he saw above the biosphere reserve. They measured about six feet across with colorful, colorful prismatic boaters that appeared to be on fire. The inside area of the triangles had shifting patterns of color as seemed to him to be an attempt at communication. Sometimes triangles would appear alone or sometimes in groups of three. Alvarez tried taking photos of these flying triangles, but each time he tried, his camera malfunctioned. That's odd. Anyway, in addition to the UFOs, the young park ranger also wrote about something bizarre that happened to all of the research station computers one night. The speakers on the computers blared a strange white noise, even those which did not have their power turned on. Immediately after the incident, the computers were no longer functioning. In the morning, when a technician came in to try to fix the computers, he noted that all the motherboards appeared to have been subjected to high amounts of heat or radiation and were not fixable. Other diary entries mentioned paint patches, changing colors on the walls of the facility. That's weird. That is. Sometimes in triangle patterns. The diary entries ended on March 15th, 2013. This was the last day anyone saw Hector Alvarez. It was a mystery as to where he went as his car was still in the parking lot of the main facility of the reserve. He was never seen again. As part of the Mapini, uh, I can't even pronounce it, Mapini uh, Biosphere Reserve has been christened La Zone de Silencio, or the Zone of Silence in English, and has drawn researchers and curiosity seekers for years. The first reports of anomalies of bizarre things happening in Saturday became public in the 1930s. Famous Mexican aviation pioneer Francisco Salibre Tomoko claimed that when he saw his his plane nicknamed Conquistador Tilo over the areas of this part of the desert, his radio would not work and his instruments and his instruments would go crazy. Magnetic anomalies and electronic equipment malfunctions have been reported from Siberia's times to the present day across this zone of silence. Some say that the mysterious properties of the region caused the U.S. missile to crash here in July of 1970. The Athena test missile was fired from a U.S. military base near Green River, Utah, with its ultimately destination being White Sands Missile Range in southern New Mexico. The missile was never made it to the White Sands, but went hundreds of miles off course and impacted the Earth in this zone of silence, a few miles from where the Biosphere Reserve restoration started. The station now stands. Although many local ranchers saw the flash of light and heard the noise of the wayward missile, it took the Americans weeks to find it in the desert expanse. In the meantime, a group of locals have found it and watched over the crashed remains. And when Americans finally came, they participated in the extraction and cleanup efforts. Supposedly, the missile had contained radioactive material, and because great fuss had been made in its retrieval and the dem- contaminations of the era that followed, 
The locals got together to see how they could best exploit the incident to try to bring tourists to the region. It was then when the Zone of Silence got its official name and the royal became aware of the strangest of the area through local press stories that were picked up by the international news media. According to the locals, a strange magnetic anomalies and atmospheric conditions of the Zona caused vortexes to be found in the stretch up through the upper atmosphere and out into space. Thus drawing everything from missiles to meteors to extraterrestrial craft. A year before, before the American missile mishap, what was later known as the Alliday meteorite crashed into an area near the zone. For years, locals have claimed that the zone causes pretty much anything to fall from the sky and cite that many examples of meteorites found on the desert floor throughout the region. You're scratching. Yeah. Scratching, goddamn. <laughs> the claims of the weird atmosphere. The claims of the weird atmospheric and magnetic additions are also accomplished by local claims of observation mutations in flora and fauna, such as tortoise shells found in the shape of triangles and coyotes that would grow twice their normal sizes. Also, cactus have been found to change into strange colors, which has been substantiated by photographic proof. Could these natural observations? be the result of radiation leak from the American missile crash back in 1997. In the late 70s, when the Biosphere Research Center was being built after the reserve had been declared a protected area by the Mexican government, rumors began to surface about the true intentions behind the creation of the reserve and the building of the facilities within the zone. Locals claimed that NASA had constructed a secret scientific research center there, not only to investigate the atmospheric magnetic anomalies, but to study and communicate with possible extraterrestrials. The water terror near the main building of the park's welcome center, the locals contended, was really a secret observer, um, observatory. Thank you. I can't speak today for nothing. Um, dispose. Anyway. Um, the supposed batteries found within the zone of silence is claimed can be used to contact intelligence from other worlds and from other dimensions. The alleged alien, alien connection to the area has been supported by dozens of eyewitnesses observations of strange lights in the sky, like the mysterious triangles of the Alvarez diaries and by on the ground encounters with strange beings in the desert. There have been about a half dozen reports of locals and tourists alike have encounters with tall humanoid beings with long blonde hair and light blue eyes. The zone, these beings, always two men and one woman, have asked local ranchers only for water and speak perfect Spanish. In UFO lore, these beings are commonly referred to as the Nordics and are generally described as a benign race of lightning beings hailing from the Pleiades. The same star clusters as the nefarious greys. The stereotypically big-eyed, alien-looking race of extraterrestrials who abduct humans and conduct medical experiments on them. The trio of the Nor um the trio of the Nordics were once spotted by a scientist from the Biosphere Research Center who had gotten lost while conducting research in the field. Tourists have also reported signs these beings and always in help or non-threatening situations. 
a Mexican New Age paranormal research group called El Centro de Investigación de la Escuela Pacala in English. The Research Center for Cosmic Anthropology of the Lumen School of Philosophy claims that the Norex may represent members of what's been called the Yellow Maya, the people of the lost civilization of Tulumbalam, who live below the Mapimi Biosphere Reserve. The small mountains in the zone of silence are really pyramids, the group claims, and the other ge natural geological formations are really very ancient ruins. They have been named this subterranean civilization, Magento Tenzen, which loosely translates to the land of magnetism. The Laulus. <coughs> the Laulus Men School of Philosophy people are not the only paranormal inclined individuals to visit the reserves in hope of experiencing the high strangeness. Since the 1980s, various other New Age groups and paranormal researchers from all over the world have held conferences and overnight stays in the zone in hopes of experiencing something otherworldly. Adding to the overall strangeness, many researchers are quick to point out that the zone of science exists on the same line of gratitude on the earth as the Bermuda Triangle, the pyramids of Egypt, and the sacred cities of Tibet. Serious scientific researchers have, a, have had a hard time pinning down exactly where the boundaries of the zone of silence are, and the zone seems to shift over time. Many people visiting the area, even for extended periods of time, have experienced no strange activities whatsoever. Claims of increased magnetism, equipment failure, and strange atmospheric disturbances have been silly difficult to quantify. Most of the serious scientific research in the area has been done in connection to the local flora and fauna and other aspects of observing the desert environment. At least what has been made public. Locals, for the most part, appreciate the increased tourism make money off of it. But at the same time, the people seeking to experience something supernatural in the zone of silence are seen as a bit crazy or somewhat of a nuisance. What is really happening in this area may forever be a mystery, or at least remains an open topic for the curious. Yay, this episode, everybody. Hey. <laughs> uh, talk to me, Amanda, for you. Have something to say to listeners? Not yet. Once I get the info for our podcast um, oh another podcast yes it hopefully will be up by the end of this year if i can get my oh, shit together because i'm trying to keep my leg from bleeding and i'm putting a shit ton of pressure on it right now mm. you scratched your freaking i told you stop scratching you goddamn it listen to me so I'm not even married and I don't listen to you. You don't listen to me at all. Bullshit. I do too. Both ways when you cross the road, you speed all the time. You don't speed all the time. You're the one that never mind. We're not gonna we're not doing this on the podcast. Anyway, hopefully we will have our own podcast up and running called Mythical Races where we talk about fairies. Different, how about um, think about all that? We're talking about Cozy Cryptid podcast, Cozy Cryptid, <laughs> yes. What we're doing now, Cozy Cryptid, please support our sponsors and follow sponsors. us everywhere. Download all the episodes, listen to them or not, download them and, and put them on cassette tapes and sell them, make money. 
Buy a t-shirt. Cozy. 25% off. Co-word. Cozy. Get 25% off your order at the merch store. CozyCrypt.com. Submit stories. Ask me questions. I want to do a listener episode. Definitely. We definitely want to do that. I need, but I need enough people asking me questions to do one. So put your questions on Twitter, TikTok. You can always find one of us on TikTok. This uh, one never is off TikTok. You're more addicted to me that than I am. I can't do stuff. I gotta report stuff. Yes, you do. But thank you for tuning into this episode. And we can't wait to see you on the next. Thank you. Also, hey. Check out uh my Twitch channel. G1 Tanner. He streams at like eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So even if you can't watch the stream when it's streaming. Go check out the channel Let's and follow. watch some episodes and follow. Say hi and chat and spam me Pixel Bob emotes. If you don't if you know what if you know me you know, okay? Have a great weekend week guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.